0: Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve.
1: Hi, and welcome back to another session of Naturopathy Today and i'll leave it up to you to determine what kind of session it is. <laughs> Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Michael. So, you know, last week we started in on cancer and covered a little bit of ground. We certainly gave a a, a healing technique that i myself have used. I've seen others use it with great success. So I think we gave people something to work with. We certainly gave them what to think about and to question their doctor. One of the things that when I went with my relative to his examination after the surgery, I learned something really interesting, which made me think that cancer is an alien life form because one of the things he said is that you know on a scale of look at tumors on a scale of one to four, one being no radiation, no chemotherapy. Two, you're borderline. Three, we got to do something because there may have been cells that even though they didn't show up in pathology, they may be there. And four is yeah, you need something either the radiation and or the chemotherapy. What I found interesting in his telling was that he said you know we could have gotten all of it except maybe one cell and that one cell could get into the nerves and or there was a canal that he talked about almost like leading into the to the lymph system and he said that one cell can multiply and that's why people get resurgence of cancer and he also said, which I found very interesting, because it was up in his jaw area, inside cheek, where the surgery took place, where the cancer was. In those kinds of situations, radiation can only be used once. And by the way, radiation and chemotherapy can also create cancer cells. It's like drugs, you know, it's a toxin coming into the body. And I think we explained how the body works in the sense that because it's divine, whatever's in your bloodstream, it's going to use to build new cells, you know, daughter cells. And that's when a toxin has an opportunity to break apart that engine that manufactures that RAS protein that regulates the cell. Um, and or creates, you know, damaged cells. Anyway, I found that to be very interesting, which led Phyllis and i to have a conversation about alien life forms, and then uh, <laughs> about my home planet. So that was a whole other story. However, I got another email in the same day, uh, as I got Bob's from a woman by the name of Betty, but Betty's concern was breast cancer. And what was the real cause? And so when I hear the real cause, that makes me think about the true cause. And I don't believe we've mentioned this before, but from my point of view, there are four emotional causes of cancer. And this is what I responded to Betty. And I will share with you the method and technique that I gave her for understanding the source of the cancer, and how she might be able to resolve it. First and foremost is anger. Anger, like cancer, can eat you up alive. So one question that I asked her is, do you internalize your anger? Are there things that you want to scream about, things you want to say to people? But you were taught, you know, I know I grew up, and Steve, I'm sure you did as well, children should be seen and not heard. Does that ring a bell? Yes, and
0: some... Some, yes. And sometimes people think that about me, even to this day, <laughs> that uh, I may be a little long-winded and might learn to take a break every now and then. So it, it is something that we've all heard from children. I'm not sure I agree with it, but anyway, it's one of those truisms that we've all known.
1: Which is unfortunate because it hinders the individual from expressing their feelings on some levels as they continue to go through life. So that was one issue. Another was resentment. And what's interesting about resentment is it can lead to anger, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, I asked her, you know, what are some of the things that you resent, because it's tied in very much to breast cancer in this regard, she may feel and she did say to some degree, put upon, in other words, I don't want to respond in certain situations as a woman, it's an imposition. It's not who I am. I have an expression. I'm more than an object. I'm more than something to be used. I'm more than something to be to perform. And so I resent it. And, you know, what differentiates men and women more than anything else are the mammary glands, the breasts, you know, you see somebody with breasts, you know, immediately it's a female. And so all the expectations that go along with that And it's not only the expectations of self, but it's the expectations of your partner, you know, because the guy's coming to the dance with his own expectations of the role of a female. So there was resentment in that arena. Frustration was another one. That too ties back into expression uh, on somewhat as a woman because, well, you know, I know that you have an opinion, but, you know, it really doesn't count because I'm a guy And, you know, I earn the living and I'm the smart one and I'm the strong one and I'm this and I'm that. And so it's frustrating for a woman, certainly for Betty, it was to be in that position and to make feel that there's a part in the New Testament where it's written that the man, just as Jesus is the head of the church, that the man is the head of the family and that he's the ruler, the king, the God, the Lord, kind of archaic thinking you know, but certainly there are couples that live under that thumb and she was one of them. And last but not least was guilt. (laughs) So if there's anything that can make you angry at yourself are all the sinful things you did. And so you have guilt. I have guilt for answering back to my husband. I have guilt because I punished my kids. I have guilt because I didn't go to confession or I didn't go to church or I didn't go to synagogue or I didn't go to temple. We are truly messed up human beings with a lot of emotional stuff working against us.
0: Well, you know, that's such an interesting concept. And, you know, we finished off with our last episode. I had mentioned this thought of gratitude. And as you're describing these different emotions that people have, one of the things that we've been working on personally in my family, one of the things that we have observed is the habitual thinking patterns that emerge so these things like anger or guilt they don't come because oh i'm going to be angry today no they arise from in our subconscious and we're not really feeling like we have any control i'm angry therefore i'm angry and what we have been working on is this idea that actually your brain is very malleable and you can, in fact, retrain these ants, we call them, automatic negative thoughts. And so the idea that if we have these things that subsume and are so ever present in our lives, there is a work that we can do that actually can change our habitual patterns of thinking. It's not like you turn it on and turn it off. It is work, but it's a journey that you can actually start to change how your brain responds. You as an individual, in our case, we think, can I interrupt this negative thought before it comes out in in word, action, and deed? And can I then start to reframe it so it becomes a positive thought rather than a negative thought? And so we so often live in this world where our thoughts arising from our subconscious, we feel that's who I am, that's what I'm feeling, I have no control over it. When in fact, it's just one part of our automatic negative thoughts and that we actually can have some control and change those. And I'm just wondering if that fits into your concept of you know the power of the mind in a process like this, because I think so many people think, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with the way I think. And therefore, why bother? It's something that's happened to me. I have a right to be angry about it. And so it seems so natural and normal to express that. But yet that, in its own way, has these damaging and negative effects. And we actually do have power to change it once we understand that we can do that and can see a path forward. Does that make sense to you?
1: Absolutely. And there's a couple of different things that came to mind. One of them is, and and one of the examples I use, is the sadist is walking down the street on the left-hand side of the street saying, you know, boy, if I could just find somebody to beat up, my day would be perfect. I just, I just want to kick some butt today. And on the right-hand side of the street, walking in the opposite direction is the masochist. Boy, if, if somebody would just come along and just smack me upside the head and punish me for thinking the way that I think, I mean, that would just, you know, that would just set me free. That would feel so good just to have somebody smack me around to wake me up. And so what do they do? They cross the street and bump into each other in the middle of the block. And of course, <laughs> they go to fisticuffs The masochist is satisfied. The sadist is satisfied because both of them have fulfilled their expectations and fulfilled their needs. And that is how the human mind works. So taking that a step further... There are passages in the Old Testament and passages in the New Testament where, and I think it was uh, Ezekiel or Isaiah, where God said, man has ears, but hears not. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't even listen to himself. And Jesus said, you have to have eyes that see and ears that hear. What I'm hoping people will get from this is, is to learn to see the thought behind the manifestation. Because you go to John, in the beginning was the word. Well, before you ever speak a word, it comes out of the mind. The mind is a part of God. The kingdom is within. So that word is coming from deep within you. You are co-creating your reality based on your expectations. So if you begin to reprogram your mind, and I think we may have talked about this in the I am which is a great tool because it's one of the many names of God. So with this, you say, I am eliminating cancer from my body. I am regrowing healthy cells. I am in control of my emotions. And the reason you want to use the word I am is because it takes us back to Moses going to the burning bush and God says, go free my people. And my people are my thoughts. We're all a manifestation of that great continuum we're all thoughts. Go free my thoughts from Roman rule or Egyptian rule. Roman rule and Egyptian rule are carnal rule, and we are very much addicted to the material plane and carnal pleasure. So try breaking free from that. You need to program. So God says to Moses, I am that I am. That's what you tell the Pharaoh. And so that is a key to changing your thoughts, having the eyes to see, ears to hear so that you know from a different point of view what is being presented and how is it going to trigger your subconscious mind and stimulate that anger that resentment that guilt that frustration
0: well i think once people realize that they have that power again it's the power of choice you get to choose what direction you are going to follow and you mentioned earlier and in previous episodes this idea of you know, cutting off the news, watching less of the bad news that seems to be so prevalent these days, just because of its effect on our mind and our subconscious. So it's not that it's out there, it's that it actually has a, a, either a negative or a positive effect on us, depending on how we are perceiving what we're receiving. And so we should, in fact, reduce the negative and increase the positive in what we think, what we allow to come into our eyes and ears, what we put into our mouth, all of that, we have a choice to choose one side or the other. And the idea of I am more than my body, and I may have cancer, I may have rheumatoid arthritis, but that doesn't define me. And so we still have to maintain that part of us which is greater and is a part of God. And as we focus on that, even as we have these life-challenging, hard conditions, we can always maintain sight of that which is greater and beyond ourselves. I kind of think of it as faith. Those people who have faith have faith in something greater than themselves that is sustaining and life-affirming.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's a couple of different things that were brought up in what you were just saying. One of them that came to mind is being aware, you know, the news, as negative as it is, every now and then, you pick up little tidbits of what's going on, like the casual conversation about inflation is going on, even though they try to present it as we've got everything under control, the economy is great. But meanwhile, they say it's only going up 6%. I've had 17% increases in raw materials, I've got a 12% increase in shipping, I think a 9% in cardboard. So in essence, what's happening, whatever money you may have in cash in the bank is losing its purchasing value. When you look at all the calamity that's out there from an environmental point, climate change point of view, and I know that there are shortages on your shelves because there's shortages on our shelves, it may take it may be time to take a positive approach to dealing with it. So instead of buying one of your imported Italian oils, buy two or three. Four. There's a universal teaching. As a couple came to mind. One is forewarned is forearmed. So the more you understand what's going on, the better off you are, and you can prepare for the downside. And and everybody should period. Another one is we look back in order to see ahead. And what we can do, you know, there are some people that talk about the crash of 29. Some of the money people on YouTube talk about how this, because the economy seems to be out of control because of what COVID has done and the delays in shipping. We have all these containers sitting out on the ocean, all of the, and they don't think that this is going to go away in 2022 because we're way behind, going to take a lot of catch up. So what you can take out of the negative is awareness of what's going on and take positive steps to nullify it. Yes, I
0: think that's that's words to the wise. I mean, this is what we really are talking about is being proactive, given our own set of circumstances, some which are personal, some which are mental, some which are environmental, some which are global, all of these things affect us because we're a part of this world environment. And so we need to be aware and we need to take steps. And I believe that as we take steps, that is a positive thing, that we are not just living in this fear of the future, But this uncertain future that we see, there are things that we can do as individuals to manage and prepare positively. Is that kind of what you're describing?
1: Absolutely. And there's no time like the present. We're almost out of time talking about that. So let me, here's what I told Betty to do in terms of getting an understanding as to the real root cause of the cancer relating to breast. This also applies to prostate cancer, vaginal cancer, more so than other types of cancers. On a blank sheet of paper, left-hand column, the role of a female. What's expected of you as a daughter, assuming your parents are still alive? Even if they're not, there were expectations that you have about the role of a daughter. You may be projecting that onto your daughter. So what's the role of a mother? What's the role of a wife? What's the role of a sister? What's the role of an aunt? So everything that you can think about that relates to your role of your gender, you know, and guys could do the same thing for prostate cancer, the role of the male, the provider, the husband, the father, the brother, the nephew, the niece, left-hand column, right-hand column. Why? Where does that role come from? Was this, are you trying to emulate your mom or are you trying to be the exact opposite of your mom? Are you trying to emulate your dad or are you the exact opposite of your father? These things need to be understood. If you have questions going through that exercise, reach out to me, M at michaelshealth.com. And in the subject matter, the blank sheet. <laughs> and I'll okay. know what you're talking about and we can communicate and I can help you get a deeper understanding of where to go from there. So for me, Steve, that's all I got today. And and next week we will get back to cardio. Hopefully we'll go from there.
0: Well, there's a thousand important topics to talk about, Michael, and we're just gonna have to work through them one show at a time. And that's the adventure of this journey that we're on is trying to take what you have learned, what I have learned through decades of experience and condense it into perhaps some actionable advice. And so you've certainly done a lot of that today. I think this is one of the most actionable shows we've talked about because we have gotten so deep into the mind and the emotions and looking at our history and our future, all of those things. Those are such important concepts and they are actually the ones that are so commonly glossed over, if they're even ever considered by the, the doctors who treat people. And so this is going to be helpful to those people to broaden, even those who are under medical care, who are dealing with cancer. I think we've covered a lot today that can help them in this process. So thank you for what you've shared today. I've learned something myself.
1: Well, good. So as your holistic naturopath, which I like to call myself, treating the whole person, I bid you all a fabulous everything and look forward to working with you again next week. Steve, have a fabulous everything and stay healthy and we'll talk. Same thing, Michael. Best wishes. I look forward to it.
0: We'll talk to you then. Goodbye, folks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels.